I'm going to throw my hands up and walk away. But I think the, the most successful investors probably look at that and think this is an opportunity because 99% of the people are going to walk away. Before we get into today's episode, I want to mention today's best ever partner and give you a free gift. And that partner is Fund That Flip. And they're going to be giving you a free deal analysis spreadsheet. You know who Fund That Flip is, don't you? Because you're a loyal best ever listener. They've been a sponsor on the show. Matt Rodak, the founder of Fund That Flip, has been on the podcast multiple times given us his insight on the online lending process. Fund That Flip provides fast, reliable funding for your house flip projects. They're an online platform, makes the application process entirely easy, and they've got a whole bunch of experts on their team who can help you get funding in 24 hours and close within as few as seven days. And all of you best ever listeners, you're getting a free spreadsheet to help you analyze your projects. Go to fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. And you'll get a free deal analysis tool. It'll help you provide a scope of work for your projects, create the scope of work, analyze the profitability of the project, or if it's not profitable, you need to know that too, and make a determination on the max purchase price super important. You can print out all the detailed reports and that will help you get your deals funded faster. Go to fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Get that free analysis tool, fundnetflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. This is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast. We only talk about the best advice that moves your real estate investing business forward. We don't get into any fluffy stuff. With us today, we have the founder of Order of Man, which is a blog and podcast. It talks all about developing men in eight key areas of their lives. And one of those areas that we're going to focus on today is leadership, which certainly, if you're a lady, certainly applies to you as well. With us today to talk through that, Ryan Mickler. How you doing, Ryan? Good, Joe. How you doing? Glad to be here, man. I'm doing well and nice to have you on the show. And you are also an Iraqi combat vet. So first and foremost, thank you for your service. Yeah, you bet my honor. So Ryan is a financial advisor and entrepreneur. As I mentioned, he is the founder of Order of Man. We're going to be talking about leadership. He's based in St. George, Utah. You can say hi to him at his website, orderofman.com. With that being said, Ryan, you want to give us some context about your background so best ever listeners know a little bit more about you and what you're focused on? I'm actually a financial advisor by trade. And about three, mm, two years ago, I started Order of Man with the goal of helping men become better men, better men in their homes as fathers, as husbands, as community leaders, as business owners. And quite frankly, it's really taken off. I went through some things personally. I grew up without a permanent father figure in my life. I almost went through a divorce. Fortunately, my wife and I were able to save that. And I learned some things along the way. And I really felt like it was my responsibility and obligation to help men learn some of the things that I had learned. You know, I don't have it all figured out, but I'm on this journey. The same with the hundreds of thousands of guys who are listening to our show and following us on the blog and the podcast. And I feel like I've got something to share. And so I threw my hat in the ring a couple of years ago and it's really taken off, which is a testament to the fact that guys need and want the information that we're sharing. They want to be better leaders. They want to step up into the role as men. And so that's our goal and that's what we're doing. 
Your website and your podcast talks about the eight key areas. What are those areas? Do you know them off the top of your head? Oh, man, you're going to put me on the spot here. Well, obviously, we talk about leadership. We talk about developing manly skills, which is throwing a baseball, working on the car, doing things around the house, those type of things. What else? It's been a while since I talked about those key skill sets, so I, I don't know them <laughs> right all offhand. Our focus today is leadership, so we'll focus on that. Yeah, um, definitely. That it, obviously is one of the core tenets of being a better man is leading. And there, we can get into this more, but yeah, obviously, it's a huge priority when it comes to being a man. And as a real estate entrepreneur, and it doesn't matter if you're in real estate or if you're a door-to-door salesperson or if you have a W-2 job, we have to have leadership skills. Everyone has to have leadership skills if we want to excel in whatever the heck we're doing. So let's talk about you've been in Iraq. You are a financial advisor by trade. You've got a successful podcast and blog. What are the approaches to leadership that we should take in order to become a better leader? Well, I think the first thing, and this is probably the foundation for every other conversation you can have about leadership, and that is full ownership, full ownership of everything, not just what you are in direct control of, but every single outcome, every single element, every single thought, idea, experience that you have in your life. And what's really fascinating to me and almost sad and disturbing is we are so quick as a society today to pass the buck right? Somebody else's fault or the economy went bad or I don't have the right employees or this contractor that I'm working with didn't necessarily get the job done on his schedule. And so we pass all of this responsibility. And what's sad is when we do this, what we end up doing is we give away any of our power that we actually had to do anything about it. And so I think this idea of passing the blame, passing the responsibility, shirking all of that accountability really puts us in a position of weakness as opposed to strength. And so we focus a lot on helping men understand that they are in complete control of everything that they think, everything that they do, and about 99% of the outcome of any given project, especially as you're talking about real estate. I mean, you've got so many different people involved in the process. You've got real estate agents, you've got investors, you've got the banks, you've got the contractors, and then you've got subcontractors. And so it's very difficult, but the more you can take responsibility for your choices, the better off you're going to be. You said something that I had never consciously thought of, that if we pass the buck on something, if we shirk the responsibility and pass it to someone else, if something bad happens, we do have our leadership level, our responsibility, our credibility lowered because then it's someone else's responsibility. Therefore, we're not as involved in that particular thing. So it does put us in a position of weakness. I never, ever thought of it that way. I think the reason we don't think of it that way is because the reason that we're afraid of taking responsibility in the first place is coming from a position of pride. It's arrogance, it's ego, it's pride. Because if I did it wrong, that says less of me as a human being, less of me as an investor, less of me of whatever area that I'm showing up in life. And so we try to defend and protect our pride and our ego when in all reality, it's doing more harm than it is good when you're saying, oh, it was that guy's fault. Instead of saying, this was my fault. Now, what's most important, what can I learn from this and how can I do it better next time so I can put a better deal together, so I can make more money, so I can create a more profitable win-win type situation in the deals that we're doing. This is the position of power I'm talking about. Do you have any personal examples of that? Either you did it the right way or the wrong way? 
Oh, man. Yeah. I've got a mile long list. One in particular, probably the most dramatic in my life is what I alluded to earlier. My wife and I were going through relationship problems. And long story short, we ended up going through a separation. And for a long time, I blamed it on her, what she was doing, what she wasn't doing, why she didn't appreciate me, all the things that I wanted her to be and how I wanted her to change. And somewhere through our separation, I came to the conclusion, I'm like, well, maybe this isn't all her. Maybe it has something to do with me. And it's really interesting. I made a post on Facebook yesterday about this, about just worrying about yourself when it comes to the relationship, everything that you bring to the table and how you show up. And somebody made the comment, well, a relationship isn't 50-50. It's 100-100, right? You got to put in 100%. The spouse has to put in 100%. I agree with that. But the problem with that premise is that you're assuming that you can control what your partner is doing. <laughs> and you can't. So rather than focusing on her 100% or his 100%, whatever happens to be in your relationship, why not just focus on you and what you're bringing to the table and what you can do? And what's fascinating to me is when you go to work on yourself, you take full responsibility, you take charge of your health, your wealth, all the relationships that you have, what you do to uplift your soul and your spirituality. That's when people start responding, but they do it on their own, not because you're manipulating or coercing them to do something. How do you practice the focusing on you versus focusing on others? Because I'm sure at times you slip. Oh, of course. I mean, every day. This is not something where you master and then all of a sudden you have everything figured out. But there is a very simple formula, I guess for lack of a better term, that I use on a daily basis when it comes to any project, any process, any conversation, even throughout my day, I use this formula and I can run through that really quick with you. Yeah. The first part of this formula is to examine. So you need to look at your day or look at this project that you're about to tackle and you need to figure out what is it that I'm trying to accomplish? What do I want to get done? What is the end result? What is the goal here? And so many people don't even think about that. We're thinking about that now because we're at the beginning of the year, New Year's resolutions. And so it's on everybody's mind, but we lose that within 30 days of a year, right? And then the remaining 11 months, we just kind of go at it haphazardly and take the shotgun approach to life and hope everything works out. So that first step is to really examine what you actually want out of the deal or out of your day or out of the project, whatever it is we may be working on. The second step is to estimate. And this is where you look at what you have. This is what you look at your assets. You look at your liabilities, what you bring to the table, your strengths, your weaknesses, and you start formulating a plan of action. This is a strategy. What am I going to do? Here's what I want. Now, how am I actually going to make this work? How am I going to make this a reality? What other investors, who are the other people, the players that I need to bring into this deal so that I can make this profitable for every single person involved? And we don't always get this right. Obviously, we would love for it to be right, but it's not always going to be right. And so at some point, we just have to move into this third step, which is this execution phase where we just have to do, we have to act. And even though we might not have everything completely figured out, we drive forward, we do it, we execute to the best of our ability. And this is the most important step, step number four. And this is what actually answers your question, but I wanted to give it some context. This fourth step is to evaluate what just happened. So you examined, you estimated, you executed. Now you're coming back, you're going to evaluate what went on. And you're going to ask yourself five very simple questions that is going to help you be more mindful. It's going to help you put the responsibility on your shoulders, which is where it belongs and is the most powerful position. And the questions are, what did I get done? That's number one. What did I get done? Number two, what didn't I get done? I set out to do something, but did I miss the mark? Step number three, what did I do well? What throughout this project or this process or the day went well? 
Number four, what did I not do so well? What can I improve? And then the last step, and this is critical, what am I going to do better moving forward? That question right there is the succinct answer to your question that you originally asked me. What am I going to do better next time? And it might be that you need to hire somebody else, but you can't blame the person you hired or the person you brought into the project for dropping the ball because you're the one that brought them into the project in the first place. So if you blame it on that person, what you're probably going to do is make the same mistake of hiring or bringing somebody into the project that really doesn't belong there. But rather than that, you say, man, I probably shouldn't have brought this person in because they don't have experience in this type of deal. Now that puts the responsibility back on your shoulders so you can make a smart decision the next time you try to put something together. I love that. It's a great way for us as real estate investors to evaluate a deal post-mortem. I'm thinking of a deal we closed on a week and a half ago and just thinking through what did I get done, closed on a deal, what didn't I get done, Well, we closed on the deal, but perhaps I could have, I'd have to think through it. Yeah, I mean, think through it, but maybe you left some profit on the table, right? Right. Maybe it wasn't the perfect deal, but I'm not a real estate investor. I don't want to be one, but I'm just thinking of ideas, but maybe you took a shortcut somewhere and it ended up hurting the project in some way, you know? So there's a lot of different There's always ways to enhance a project. That's for sure. There's always ways, always areas you can do better. And this is great. See, since nothing initially came to mind, I'm tricking myself because something will come to mind when I think through it. And that's why this is such a good exercise because on the spot, I couldn't think of something. So that means I need to spend a lot more time thinking about it. And you know, there's a term that we use in the military and the term is complacency kills. And I look around on a daily basis and I see everybody that I engage with on a daily basis and the overwhelming majority of those people are complacent. We're complacent with our fitness and our nutrition. We're complacent in our occupations. We're complacent with our income. We're complacent in our relationships. And I think what you're alluding to right here is maybe even some sort of complacency, like, oh, I can't really figure out what went wrong. I guess I'll just keep doing it moving forward. And here's the deal. You could probably develop and build a nice little empire, a great little life, and be pretty happy with yourself. But I'm assuming that the reason you put this podcast together and the reason that there's people listening to this podcast right now is because they're looking for something more. And in order to do that, you've got to be real with yourself and say, yes, I did this well, but I didn't do this so well. When you start identifying those things, and that hurts. That hurts bad when you look at it and say, oh man, I left $10,000 on the table because I dropped the ball here. And that was my fault. Yeah, that hurts. But guess what? Your pocketbook's going to be thanking you when you fix it moving forward for the next project you're going to work on. Oh, absolutely. This is amazing stuff. These are five questions to ask yourself after every deal. That's it. That's the thing. What did I get done? What didn't I get done? What did I do well? What didn't I do well? What am I going to do better moving forward? I think after every single deal, we should be asking ourselves these questions. And I just have implemented a whiteboard in my office. So these five questions will be going on the whiteboard. Awesome. That's what I like to hear. (laughs) What else that we haven't talked about as it relates to leadership should we talk about? You know, there's a couple other points that we can talk about, but I think one of the biggest things is initiative. I look around and I see so many people with great ideas and great insights and everybody has a vision for the future and everybody's on their new year's resolutions And they're missing this idea of initiative. And what I've realized is that leaders are very good at 
identifying problems and then finding solutions to them. Because I think a lot of people can identify problems. I think men and women are problem identifying machines. For example, my wife and I went with our kids. We've got four kids. We went on a walk and there's this stroller that she bought, which is a nice stroller. It was more expensive than I probably would have spent on a stroller, but that's the one she wanted. So we got it for her. And she's like, Hey, get the stroller out of the car, open it up. And I'm like, opening this thing, this contraption up. I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, did the people who even created this even <laughs> try to open this? Cause I couldn't get it figured out. And of course she walked over and opened it right up. But I started thinking, well, they should have done this and they should have made the handlebars here and they should have put this level this way. And, and so we do this, right? We always, always are looking for problems to solve. But am I going to make a new stroller, right? It's like, I'm not going to go do that. And so that's where most people fall short is this initiative. And especially in the real estate investing world, there are so many little hiccups and little barriers and little obstacles that come up. And so many people, I think, look at that stuff and they think, oh, well, this is a bad deal because this objection came up. And so I'm going to throw my hands up and walk away. But I think the, the most successful investors probably look at that and think this is an opportunity because 99% of the people are going to walk away. I'm going to take initiative. I'm going to bring the right players in. I'm going to look at this from a different angle. I'm going to try to create a different solution. How can we fix this? And those little obstacles then become the opportunities for us to take initiative and show that we can adapt, that we're resilient and of course, that's going to create a profitable situation for us. How do you identify when to show that initiative and when to just identify the problems and move on? For example, the baby stroller. It wouldn't be a good use of your time, I don't think, to go straight to your office and start drawing up a blueprint for how to design a better baby stroller. Yeah, of course. And this is a really good point. And so this comes down to what I would consider relevancy. Like how relevant is that actually? I just like to complain about it, right? I'm not going to go fix it. <laughs> but if we go back to that four-step process that I shared with you, what was the first step? The first step was to examine. So what I mean by that is what do I want? Well, when I set out for the day or even for the year, my 12 weeks that I have planned out right now, I did not put anywhere in there that I'm going to create a better stroller for kids. So this becomes completely irrelevant to me. And what happens is as a society, we get so bombarded with the trivial stuff that just doesn't matter. We get bogged down with social media. We get bogged down with TV shows and what movie we should watch and the tabloids, even politics to a degree. We get bogged down with this stuff and it's like, it's not even relevant. It shouldn't even be on the radar. But the only way you're going to know that is to take some time and plan out what it is you want. I think people who are high achievers, and I would probably classify real estate investors in this, they want to get their hands dirty. Like they want to get out. They want to do the deal. They want to get going. They want to like meet people and wheel and deal. Like that's how I look at it. And what ends up happening is because we're so aggressive in that mindset, which is not bad, we just don't take any time to examine what it is we actually want, if this is even important and is it even relevant. So that stuff comes in the beginning. Like you got to know, what do I want? What don't I want? And then you got to focus on the things that you want and eliminate the rest of the distractions like stroller, for example. <laughs> Ryan, where can the best ever listeners get in touch with you? The best way is at our home base, orderofman.com. We've got the blog, a podcast over there. You can find everything that we're doing. We've got a mastermind. We've got a big Facebook group, but you'll find it all at orderofman.com and everything that you might need and be interested in. As I anticipated, I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for being on the show, talking about taking full ownership. That's the foundation of becoming a better leader and then examine, estimate, execute, and then evaluate what just happened. And when you evaluate, ask those five questions. 
what did I get done? What didn't I get done? What did I do well? What did I not do so well? And most importantly, what am I going to do better moving forward? Thanks for being on the show. Hope you have a best ever weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Remember to get your free deal analysis tool for your flips at fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. That's F-U-N-D-T-H-A-T-F-L-I-P.com forward slash best ever. It will detail your scope of work, help you analyze if the project's profitable, and make a determination on the max purchase price. Fundthatflip.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, it is here. Well, it's almost here. February 24th and 25th. The conference, the best ever conference. Have you signed up yet? Oh, if you haven't, you better sign up right now. It's going to sell out. Besteverconference.com. I'm going to be there. A bunch of the guests who you've heard interviewed on the show are going to be there. Just go to besteverconference.com and look at all the speakers that you're going to hear from that will help you move your business forward in 2017. I want to meet you in person. The best ever guests who are speaking at this event want to meet you in person. And people who haven't been interviewed on this podcast who are speaking at the conference, they want to meet you in person. Go to besteverconference.com.